Amen. Love Brother Jones, Brother Sister Jones. God bless you, Brother Jones, as you come bring us the word of the Lord tonight, or this morning. Praise the Lord. I realize I'm the one standing between you and a good snowball fight. I'm not sure which is worse, the snowball fight or Sunday afternoon dinner. Close competition. Praise God. If you turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 8. Great to see everybody this morning. Revelation chapter 1, verse number 8. says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I want to preach on this subject from the beginning to the end. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for your word, for our lesson this morning, for worship, God, your presence that we feel, your touch in this house. God, we ask you to note your word today. Speak to us, God. In Jesus' name, we pray. We give you all the glory. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Most of the books that I've read in my life have chapters in them. I realized when I first started, it was the Dick and Jane uh, and it didn't have chapters, and then it wasn't long. And you, it's neat to watch young people learning to read because when they get in the chapter books, they learn that their uh, their books are longer. They're not just a few pages long, but the, now they have chapters and they have storylines and uh, a lot of interesting things when you learn to read. And after you've read each chapter in a, a bigger book, you in sequence you've read the book profound huh when you completed all the chapters you've read the book amazing and now if you're like me it's got to be a pretty good book to capture my attention because i i still have probably the remnants of some add adhd left in me i'm getting so old now it don't matter brother johnny but it uh there was a time that if, if it didn't capture me, I was known to watch the snow falling out the window. Someone said we was going to have church out in the vestibule. I said, there ain't no way I'm going to preach. Everybody looking out the window. I would have lost everybody because I did that, and they lost me. And so I had to play some catch-up. I had to learn. I had to discipline myself to, to focus. Come on, Ronnie, you can do this. you got to catch up or you're going to flunk this class. Quit staring out the window. And so... Finally, we read the book, and I read the whole thing through, and I can remember reading the first big book, and I thought, man, I've really done something now. Although each chapter in a book tells a story in itself, but it's only a portion of the story. It's just a part. It's just one phase. It's just one chapter of the story. We know many stories have multiple chapters, and some are good chapters, and some are bad chapters. But without all the chapters, you don't know the whole story. You only know a portion of the story. You've only read that part of it. That's why I really don't care for short stories. Now, I was a Louis L'Amour fan. I read some of his books I've read over and over and over and over because I liked that particular book. Now, some of them I didn't like so much, I didn't read them again. Okay, I've read that one. That didn't tickle me or nothing. I'm done with that one. But there were a few of them that I really liked, and so I would read them again to the point where I could virtually quote some of the one-liners and 
and know all the characters. And someone re- mentioned the story, and I could, I could almost tell it verbatim. Because I, I liked Louis L'Amour. I liked the way he wrote. I liked the way he, he captured me when he wrote a story. Now, but the short stories were only just portions. I guess they started out writing for magazines, so they just had to have a little short story. And somebody compiled all of them and made a book out of it. A bunch of short stories. that I want the whole book. I just don't want to just portion. I want to know what happened leading up to that. And I want to know what happened after that. I want to know, did he actually marry the girl? Did he actually get the ranch? Did they live happily ever ever after? Some of us lived heavily ever after. But I I want to know. I want to know how it turned out. Not just a little portion. I want to know the whole story. And there are are some authors that have gotten really smart. Well, and and they're trying to make a living. Because if, if you just write one book that, man, it's a great book. After you've sold, everybody's got one. You're going to starve after that. You but you got to come up with another story, and so some of them have done that. And Sister Melody borrowed these books and she returned them this morning. I thought, well, isn't that something? And she brought these books back to me this morning. But this guy's name, and I mentioned this the other day. In fact, that's why she got these books. This is Joel Rosenberg. Sister Hansen got me onto Joel Rosenberg, and uh, Joel Rosenberg has realize I can't just write one book. I got to drag this book out and make hang them biting their fingernails, wondering how it's going to turn out, and then I'm going to end that book without telling everything. So they'll buy the next book six months later that I come out with, and I've, I've got a residual income coming that way. And authors have re- realized that. If, if you write some books and people like what you write, they'll buy some more. So they kind of leave you hanging. Because it's just one book of the whole, and they call it, they got a word for it, it's called sequel or a series. It's a series of books. And, and authors have realized, man, I gotta find out what's gonna happen. I gotta find out how this guy, how he got out of this mess, because it looked like it was through, but right at the last, at last chapter, right at the last sentence, something happened. I wanna know what happened. And so you buy the next book. Did they get married? What happened to David? They leave you hanging. What What was the motive of the villain? Who really was the villain? All these questions. And so you buy the next book. And you read it. And then that always leaves you hanging as well. So the vicious cycle continues. Because as you get to the end of the book, you realize it's not over either. And it's just a series of books. When we begin a story, if I was given a book report, I, I can't tell you the whole story, but it begins back, the story of mankind in Genesis. We find the creation of our world, beginning with Adam and Eve. Many of us have read this, this book. There, there was the creation of the sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, water and land, mountains and valleys and plains, oceans, rivers, lakes, streams, ponds, vegetation, trees. Grass, flowers. God created Adam and Eve. First he created Adam out of the dust of the ground. Breathed breath of life into him. And then he created Eve. And then there were all animals of all sorts. Shapes and sizes. That walked the earth that God created. That was the beginning of this story. From small to great animals. And then there were seasons. Winter. 
spring, summer, and fall, all you have to do is call. That was a song. Some of you didn't catch that. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you have to do is call. Anyway, and I'll be there. It's not a gospel song, so don't, don't go listening to it. So all these animals were created in the seasons. It was a, a veritable utopian world. It's perfect. Everything got along. Everybody got along. No needs, no wants. At least they didn't know they had any needs. Everything was great. Adam and Eve, and they lived happily ever after. Because there, there was no sin, no death. It was innocent. Everything was innocent. Innocence was the norm. How many wish they could go back to when you were innocent? So they lived happily ever after. Everybody stand, let's pray. We'll, we'll be dismissed. I was just kidding, Brother Charlie. There's more to the story. There came this serpent, you know, the next chapter. We thought it was over. Why didn't it just live? Because there came a serpent. And he beguiled Eve who seduced Adam. I'll always believe that. She seduced him. Caused him, forced him to eat that apple. Ate him out of house and home. And so it began. And they were cast out of the garden. The place of utopia. The perfect place. God's creation. They were cast out. Pushed out. They, they began to have children. They multiplied. They became very evil in the sight of God. Then came Noah, who obeyed God and built an ark. Put in all the animals and all his family. And God shut the door and flooded the earth. And everyone but those in the ark drowned. And the ark landed on a mountain. So they replenished the earth. And they lived happily ever after the end. Well, it wasn't the end because it was just a chapter. But a lot of times we, 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 we hear stories and we think that's the end or there's a certain event in our life and we finally get past that certain event and we think, all right, happily ever after. But there's an, always another chapter. There's always another chapter. And so uh, then, then came along Abraham after time and who God spoke to. You know, I, I want to live in a way that God would speak to me. Out of all the people in the world that lived at the time of Abraham, God spoke to Abraham. At least that's what we have recorded. I want God to speak to I want to live in such a way that God would want to speak to me. And I believe He does. And I believe He speaks to you too. I believe there's people here that probably, some of you may not even plan to be here today, but God spoke to you. And you're here. I'm glad God speaks to people. And God made promises to him about being the father of many nations. And in his old age, he, he had, he and Sarah had Isaac. And then when Isaac was 40, he married, married Rebecca. And then Abraham died. The end. Well, no, wasn't quite the end. It was just a chapter. Because Isaac and Rebecca had Esau and Jacob, the twins. Esau was the firstborn, but he sold his birthright to Jacob because he, he, he was hungry one day. And, and Pastor preached on this not too long ago, but Esau was willing to give up that birthright. Just a piece of paper, it's just, just an acknowledgement. It's just everybody knew I was firstborn. It really didn't, I didn't really gain anything about, by it, I, I don't think. I mean, I mean, it's just, 
just this car to carry my bill full. I mean, my goodness, what good is it going to do me if I die of starvation? So he sold his birthright to Jacob. Jacob had to leave to keep peace in the family. That's what we would say today. He had to leave to keep peace in the family. So he left. And while he was gone, he come across kinfolks, found his, his wife-to-be, Rachel. And there they met. And he wept and kissed her. And you could have said, well, they lived happily ever after. But no, at the wedding, father-in-law kind of deceived him. He didn't give him Rachel. He gave him Leah, her sister, who wasn't quite as pretty. And Jacob could have been really upset about it, I guess, but he loved Rachel so much, he said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll work, I'll work longer. So he works longer, and he gets Rachel. Now he's got two women to take care of, him, and that's, that's a disaster. I mean, that's, that's just, and it was trouble. They didn't get along. They were jealous of each other. Well, Rachel was barren. Leah started having children. And Rachel was, I can't, he said, Aren't I better than, than a lot of children? I mean, I mean, but she wasn't happy. She wanted children. As the end result, she gave a concubine. Then Leah gave her, gave Isaac her concubine. And then, then Rachel's womb was open and all said and done, there was 12 boys and one daughter. The end. They lived happily ever after. Well, no, that wasn't quite the end. One night, God changed. Jacob's name to Israel. And he came back to his hometown. Later on, there was a famine that moved into Egypt. So they moved to Egypt. There, one of his boys, Joseph, was living. said, there's plenty of food. Come over here. There's a story behind that one, too. That's a story within the story. That's another chapter. I'm, I'm rushing through this. There's plenty of food in the land. So they moved to the land of Goshen. They lived happily ever after the end. no. Still wasn't the end, not actually. See, the author has another book out. It's a sequel. You see, the boys grew up and became slaves in Egypt for 400 years. The whole family, there were plagues, all kinds of stuff happened. Then Moses comes along. He was raised in Pharaoh's house. He leads them all out of Egypt through the wilderness. For 40 years, where they, came to, where they came to a place where they were going to live forever and ever. Amen. The end. Well, no, it wasn't quite the end. They had to fight to get the land because there were people there that weren't supposed to be there. That, and so they had to fight for their land. And, and they won and became a great nation called Israel after their father's name. And then they finally got a king named Saul. Well, he turned out to be bad. So they got another one named David. And he was good for the most part, and they lived happily ever after the end. Well, not quite. There's more to the story. As you know, David died, and other kings came and went. Who made God mad with all the evil they were doing? So he punished them, and they were taken captive. This happened a couple times until the nation was destroyed under the rule of other nations. Kind of a sad ending, huh? Well, it wasn't quite the end because there's more. You see, it wasn't long and during all that process, years go by. Years go by. They're in captivity. And then one day, in the city of Bethlehem, was born a Savior. Been promised. They'd read about it. And he was born in the city of David, Bethlehem. There was the Mary and Joseph, the wise men, a manger and a stable, a star. Baby Jesus was born. 
So now we have Jesus and all is good. The end. Well, there is another book, another chapter. He didn't quite over yet. See, God had a plan from the beginning. See, way back in the first of the story, when he was creating all this stuff and created Adam, see, God was a spirit is invisible. And he said he's going to make man after his own image. Well, how could he do that? Because, see, when God writes a story, he knows. He knows what he's going to put in that book. He's got it all rolled out like a scroll. He says, well, i got the beginning and the end over here, and I want this, this, and this, this, and this to happen. And I'm going to put this guy here and this guy there. And then, you know, well, they're going to mess up way in the beginning. They're going to mess up. And this is part of my story. They're going to mess up right here in the beginning, and they're going to struggle all the way through this thing. And we're going to get right over here. Uh, we're going to kind of divide the story in half. We'll call that the old part, and this is the new part. And then right at the beginning, this new part. See, we're going to have a Savior. But see, I'm invisible, and I want him to look like me. So I'll create him. To, I'll create man to look like I'll make him his way I want him to be. And I'll create men to look like that when that day comes. We were made in the image of Jesus Christ. From the very beginning. See, that lets you know he already had a plan. He already knew what Jesus was going to look like and we're made in his image. God's invisible. Jesus Christ is the image of the Father. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. And we're made in his image. That's why we don't do some of the things in our bodies because we don't want to. We don't want to. You understand where I'm getting at? That's why we're holy. That's why we try to live holy because we're made in his image. Anyway. Thought I'd throw that in. That, it's part of the story, but but I, I won't charge you for that one. So, so the story's not over. See, when Jesus was born, when Jesus was born, there was a purpose behind him being born. It it wasn't just to start a holiday. It, and I love that holiday. It's one of my favorites. I love Christmas. How many likes Christmas? Hey, yeah. All right, you kids, raise your hand. Any and does any kid not like Christmas? If you do, don't uh, go ahead and raise your hand now. If you don't like Christmas, because I want your mom and dad to see that they don't have to buy you anything. Grant doesn't get anything for Christmas. He's not a kid no more. You're a man. You forgot. You're a man now. Remember? Yeah. So everybody likes Christmas, but that wasn't the reason it happened. There was a purpose behind it. It was. Actually, began all the way back up here. Because the Bible talks about Jesus Christ being slain from the foundation of the world. When he was creating everything, it was part of the plan. And so, all the way back over here when it happened, it came from way down there. And he was slain. That's why he was born at Bethlehem's major, because there was going to come day. He, he was going to, sure, he's going to get a hold of her. And sure, he was going to do miracles. He was going to open blind eyes. He, he, and, and it was prophesied the things that he was going to do. He preached the deliverance. And to the captives, it was going to happen through Jesus Christ. Just way back there it was prophesied. So God had a plan in the beginning to come to earth in Bethlehem. So he made Adam in the image of Jesus Christ. And so when we receive the Holy Ghost, we become the sons of God in the image of Jesus Christ. What's John 1.10 say? He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. 
power to become the sons of God. We're made in His image. When we get filled with His Spirit, we become the sons of God. In the image of God. It's awesome, huh? So because of Adam's sin, all his descendants were sinners too. Even though many tried to live according to God's law, they always came up short. So Jesus was born, but he had to die to cover man's sin. So after he'd done all this good stuff, they crucified him on a cross. And he died to pay the price for sin. The end. The end. But it wasn't the end. The story still goes on. Man. This story has a lot of sequels. This story has a lot of chapters. Because the author has a pen in his hand. He has the power to do whatever he wants. You see, Jesus rose from the dead. It, you would think it'd be over. He died. The main, the, the main dude died. I mean, they could have crucified him. Sure, it wasn't right. Sure, it was. he, he was falsely accused and all that. We know that's not right. And we were, we're angry. We're upset. And the story is, we read it. He's not supposed to die. He's the main guy. I don't like stories where, where the guy I think is great and I want to be like him and then he dies. I don't like stories like that. But it was necessary for Daniel. He had to die to cover my sins and your sins and everybody's sins. He had to die. He was the, the perfect lamb the Bible calls him. The spotless lamb he had to die. We didn't want that. We don't like that part of the story, but it, it happened. It was a bloody place. But it was necessary. But guess what? It didn't end. You would have thought it would have. Most stories would have been done. The chapter's over. Sell the books. Put them on the uh, bestseller list. It, it's a great story, but he dies at the end. It's over. Signed, sealed, delivered. It's done. But it wasn't done. Because God still had the pen in his hand. <laughs> what happened three days later? Well, hold on. This, this is not supposed to happen. This is against, this, this goes against nature. Once you're dead, you're dead. Now, a few things have happened. I, I remember a story of something about Lazarus back, way back there. And, and, uh, but man, that, and, and somebody touched the bones of the, the prophet and came back to the, you know, that's an anomaly. That's not normal. We're, we're still not sure that's true. That could be fake news. We may have to censor that. Because we don't have proof. That that actually happened. But. A few things happened. You you, you sure he's alive? I saw him. I saw him. I was there. I was in the garden. I was looking. I was going. I was going to. I was going to. I brought some stuff. I was going to. I was going to. Anoint the body. And the tomb was empty. The stone was rolled away. What are you talking about? It's part of the story. The author's writing. He's writing another chapter. What do you mean? I saw him die. I saw him hang on the cross. I saw him run the spear in his side. How do you survive that? I saw the nails in his hands. I saw him breathe his last breath. I heard him say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Lama, lama, sabachthani. I heard him say it. And he said, it's finished. That means the book's over. No, 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 no. Why are you why are you downcast on the road to Emmaus? Come on, guys. Why are you so upset? What, don't, haven't you heard the story? Don't you read the newspaper? What, don't you got Google on your phone? Don't you get news feed? It, it come out today. Last night, Jesus died on the cross. He was going to be our Savior. He was going to do everything. 
And now, my hopes, my dreams, they're gone. And he said, let's eat. And as he sat over, break the bread, he blessed the food, and he opened their eyes. It was him. He's alive. Jesus alive. There was another chapter. The author wrote in another chapter. Normally, it would have been over. But he came back to life, just like a fairy tale. So we have Easter bunnies and eggs. Another holiday. All right. We need another holiday. We need to break. Get off work early. Get good Friday. Celebrate at least some places let y'all. But guess what? That's not the end either. He rose again, but it still wasn't over. He, he, he rose again to get victory over death, hell, and the grave. And he ascended and he poured out the Holy Ghost at Pentecost. Yes. Woo. We like Pentecost. We like that chapter. The second chapter of Acts. All in one place, one accord. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And the Holy Ghost was poured out. They began to jabber like Chinamen. And speaking in tongues. And talking in different people's languages. And they said, whoa, whoa, whoa. How can these people talk my language? I'm not from here. And he's talking my language. And he's just a, an old common Galilean. Just a farmer outside of Chicago there in McIntosh County. He's uneducated. How does he know my language? It was another chapter. They filled with the Holy Ghost. So we, he sent and poured out the Holy Ghost so that we can have the same victory. When we die in sin, we get buried in water. When we rise again with the Holy Ghost, just like Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. Which makes sense because we were created in his image. So we should mirror what took place in his resurrection in our lives. Makes sense, doesn't it? Makes all sense in the world. That's why I want to repent. That's why I want to be buried in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want to rise up with the Holy Ghost. Because that's what Jesus did. And we're in his image. So from start to finish, God was there all along. From from the beginning to the end. There he was. He was there all the way. Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. He's writing the story. The Savior of mankind, redeeming them, making a way for those who walk with him from the beginning to the end. There's an old song that said, and he was there all the time. He was there all the time, waiting patiently in line. He was there all the time. But guess what? The story doesn't end at Pentecost either. Man, we got the Holy Ghost. We got the Holy Ghost. We got the Holy Ghost. Got the Holy Ghost. Got the Holy Ghost. But the story's not over. All the way to the end. He, he told him, said, there's going to be wolves come among you. Try to steal you. And, and, and there's, there's times coming. I don't want you to be ignorant. There's days going to come. Come out as deep at night. I'm going to return. Because all the way from the beginning, I had a desire after Adam's sin, I was going to somehow or another work it out by the end of the story over here that everybody could repent and make things right. And I'm going to bring them back. To live with me forever. That's the story. That's part of it. That's what I want to do. I'm going to pre- prepare a place for you. He told them that where I am, you may be also. He said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again 
receive you unto myself, self, that where I am, there ye may be also. And throughout God's work, he spoke through prophets about the end time. The best I can tell, we're living in the framework of that space of time. We've preached about that. We've talked about that. Pastors talked about it, preached about it. We know, we know where we are. I don't think there's a doubt in anybody's mind where we are in time. I think everybody understands that. But instead of fear of this life ending, we should be rejoicing because the very thing God wanted for his church is to take them to live with him forever and ever and ever and then live happily ever after. Amen. That's what he wants. No more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death. This is the true happily ever after. It's not some fairy tale about the three little pigs. It's not some fairy tale about Godelocks and the three bears. This is the real thing. This is life. This. And what's crazy about it, you had all that that we talked about up, up until Pentecost. And then in that short space of time left is where we are. United States. All that, you know, all the stuff that's happening in our world right now from, from beginning 1776 all the way up to now. It's just a little sliver of time. Remember Brother Hanson talked about the timeline. He had that long chart laid out. We're just a little thin, fine line that without a lot of light, you won't even see it. Just that little smidgen of time. And I told a guy at work yesterday, or Friday, I said, and actually it was several bus drivers, we all sitting eating lunch. I said, you know what blows my mind? Out of all the people that's lived in this world and died in this world, lived and died, lived and died, lived and died, from creation time, lived and died, lived and died. Hundreds and thousands, millions and billions and trillions of people that lived in this world. And we're living right here in this time when everything is about to take place. When all this is about to, to happen and we're going to be taken out of the church is going to be resurrected out of this world and we're living right there. Does that not blow your mind that you're alive right now? You could have been down early 1800s. You could have been there 1776. You could have been all the way down just after Adam. But no, we're all the way down here. When this thing's culminating and everything's happening and we're sitting on the front row and we're looking at the, the eastern sky and we're thinking, wow, what's happening in our world? But understand this. He knows the end from the beginning. He was there from the beginning all the way to the end. He's got us in the palm of his hand. He's got control of this thing. He knows where it's going. He knows where we're going. We're going to be with him. We are the generation upon whom the ends of the world have come. This is actually the end of the story as far as our life here on earth. I mean, there's a lot to the story about what is going to take place, but rather than hover in fear of the unknown, we must look up for our redemption draws nigh. Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, confident, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's going to do it. Rest assured, saying to God, Mom and Daddy, I know you're concerned. You're wondering about your children. God's got this. He's got this. He's faithful to perform it. 
He began this good work in you. He'll, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We can be confident God's going to complete what he started out doing. We are his bride. He has prepared a place for us. Could we stand? And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven, the first earth were passed away. There was no more sea. Now John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. He said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. From the beginning to the end. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcomes shall inherit all things. I will be his God. He shall be my son. Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it on the, on the floods. Who shall ascend in the hill of the Lord? Who, who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn, sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord, righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Revelation 19 and 4. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen. Hallelujah. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye servants, and ye that fear him both small and great. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife hath made herself ready and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen clean and white for the fine linen of the righteousness of the saints and he said unto me write blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the lamb he said unto me these are the true sayings of God must trust in God who is the Alpha who is the Omega the first and the last the beginning and the ending he began this he's going to complete it understand this you're the apple of his eye you're his bride I know there's a lot of turmoil in our world that's just a little subline of the big picture it's not even the main. I'm not worried. If God 
had control all the way back here. Faithful here, 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 all the way to the very end. That sets a precedent. He's not going to change. He can, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Some are concerned about it. I'm, I'm concerned. But in reality, it's just it's not the full story. Because as pastor preached not too long ago, we win. We win. Righteousness wins. Read one final setting scripture and I'm done. Revelation chapter 22, verse 10. He saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me. To give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters, whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is a thirst, Come. Whosoever will, will let him take the water of life freely. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no more night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And they shall reign forever and ever. And they shall reign. Forever and ever. And they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These things are faithful and true. And the Lord God, the holy prophet, sent his angels to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Hallelujah. He's the Alpha, he's the Omega. The beginning and the end. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You know the altars are open. You don't need an invitation. 
church. Church, this is a wonderful time. And the good part about it is, those of you who are here that don't have the Holy Ghost, this is, this is the window. This is the time. This is the place. This is the opportunity. You don't have to worry. You can go to bed tonight not worrying about tomorrow. You don't have to worry about the election. You don't have to worry about China. You don't have to worry about... You say, well, what's the deal with China? Well, there's lots of things going on in our world right now that we're not hearing about. I don't understand all I know about it. I don't know where the United States fits in prophecy. I don't really know for sure. There, there are people that have their opinions. But there's not a lot that lets us know where the United States is in the Bible. I mean, we find, we find other nations... I don't know what that means. I'm not sure what that means. I don't know if that means the rapture is about to take place and the, and the church is going to be taken out of here. I don't know. I believe that's about to happen. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to our nation. But understand this. If you're in the church, you don't have a thing to worry about. You don't have a thing to worry about. Look up. For your redemption draws nigh. He's your God. He's faithful from the beginning. He's got you in the palm of His hand. If you're not in the church, it's time to get in. If you're not in the church, it's time to step in the water. It's time to jump in. It's time to do it. It's time to do this thing. Praise God. Won't you come? Won't you come? Hallelujah. As these young ladies sing today. Come talk to the Lord. Get things right. Be in the church triumphant. Are you in the church triumphant? Are you in the Savior's bride? Come and be baptized into the body. And there forevermore abide. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the church. It's your refuge. It's your hope. I'm in He's got us in the palm of His hand. If you want to please God, get in the church. Stay in the church. Immerse yourself in God's presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in all of you. God, my future, my aspirations, my hopes, I give them all to you. I place them in your hands, God. All my disappointments, all my failures, I give them to you, God. All my missteps, all my mistakes, I give them to you, God. I surrender. I surrender. I want to be part of that number that go marching down the streets of gold. I'm in all of you. I want to be part of the church. Where has your hand upon it. I want to be part of the end time revival. I want to be part of those people that find you before you come. Hallelujah, hallelujah. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in all of you. I'm in all of you, where your love oh, yes. ran red, and my sin was.
paid the price. He rolled himself in flesh. The invisible God became visible to rescue us from the grip of sin. Cry out to him right now. Cry out to him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm in of you. I'm in of you. Where your blood ran red and my sins washed white. I owe. 